Welcome back, people. This is Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast. I'm your boy, Mr. Prez, and with me always, but unfortunately not today, Cash. For the new people joining us for the first time, Don't Sleep on the Couch Podcast is a podcast about sports, music, and culture. What culture? Black culture. Cash and myself have been holding this down for a minute now. This is episode 173, but don't let that number fool you. We have bonus episodes, bonus series, all this sitting out there. So we have over 172 other episodes for you to go back and listen to. If you feel so inclined, we do things. uh, We do quarterly reviews. We do mid-year reviews. We do end-of-the-year reviews. We have top 10 lists sprinkled up in between that, just of our all-time favorites. Uh, We speak on current topics. We have a only the classic series where we go back and revisit a specific album and we go track by track breaking that down. I mean, we got a plethora of uh, episodes out there and content for you to go back out there and enjoy. Hopefully you will subscribe and engage with us as we put out future content. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, t- Twitter at don't sleep underscore dot net. Now, with all that out the way, uh, let's go ahead and get into this week's episode, which this week's episode is going to be a lighter episode. I'm not going to hold you for long. We got a couple topics that we're going to talk about, starting with the sports. We're going to talk about Deshaun Watson, and we're going to speak on the current wide receiver market with Debo getting his bag, too. And then we're going to travel on into a little bit of music lane, and we're going to speak on the one album that I uh, really engulfed this weekend, Dumbo Genesis. Uh, which is uh, intros, outros, and interludes produced by Evidence. And we'll break that album down. So let's get it. Uh, Deshaun Watson. <laughs> Man, this guy finally got his sentence. Uh, uh, I ain't going to say sentence. He got his uh, judgment from the NFL finally came down on how long he's going to be suspended. To catch y'all up, if you don't follow NFL sports or football, American football, that is. Uh, so... We had a one of uh, the great quarterbacks of this generation coming up, Deshaun Watson. He was uh, playing with the Houston Texans, uh, had a mediocre team, but he mean with his great play, he kind of elevated them up to a certain level. Uh, after the the team though, just had a constant, you know, the structure around it, uh, the the corporate little structure, uh, the coach and uh, the GM kind of wasn't running the team that well. Uh, the coach had way too much power. He became the GM, and then he let go of a bunch of talent for extremely cheap, didn't get him back. So, of course, with a star uh, star quarterback, a, some people even must call him the Michael Jordan of the football field at the time. I mean, we got other talents that came up that can equal his uh, – Prowl is on the field, but he is one of the elite quarterbacks uh, from the last time that we seen him play, uh, Deshaun Watson. He got very disgruntled with the team. He asked for a release or a trade, and uh, this was after he had recently just signed another contract to get his uh, to to make a, a ton of money, right? But like I said, once they did that, they started just. Uh, siphoning off a lot of the other talent on this team. So it was very evident that he was going to be the superstar on the team with not much talent around him, which means you ain't going to have much success. Of course, everybody wants to plan on that high of a level, want to achieve the, the mountaintop, which is a Super Bowl, a Lombardi trophy. And uh, he, he kind of seen that it wasn't going to work out with that current leadership and everything. So he is asked for his uh, release. 
shortly after action for this. Then it started coming out that, uh, you know, he had been doing some things in his personal time. You know, he's not a married man, got a girlfriend and everything, but uh, he was going to get uh, massages from um, a couple Instagram models, maybe, or masseuses via Instagram that ain't officially licensed, which ain't a crime in itself. But uh, what the women later on coming out and suing that he was doing, you know, it can come off very unwanted and un unprofessional very very unprofessional especially like with an athlete of his caliber and he was supposed to be getting these massages you know they they do that to to uh, help with recovery which inadvertently should help extend their career so they can make more money uh but <laughs> the places that he was looking to get these massages like i said they wasn't no license officially licensed he was hitting up on the instagram and this is after he had ran through multiple uh, or allegedly ran through multiple uh, masseuses throughout the town of Houston, and he was getting them at all these uh, weird places. So lo and behold, he ended up having like 23 cases on on him of women who came back and alleging that he was doing, uh, you know, inappropriate se sexual misconduct. That's what we call it. We call it sexual misconduct. Uh, that's that's kind of how he was doing, insinuating things, and then that lead to no one thing of another. Some of these, I guess, he was having consensual uh, relationships, but they felt like it was kind of forced in the, all these situations. Go read up on that portion if you want to. But I'm saying the talent, he had left, the, uh, he had been accused of this. He had these civil lawsuits on him, not criminal lawsuits, civil lawsuits. Uh, but he had been, he had got out of all the criminal side of it uh, via the courts. Uh, and, you know... Like I said, all this started at the Houston, while he was at Houston, he wanted to leave. Of course, this kind of put a big stall on him because nobody is going to want to accept him on a different team with all these uh, legal issues and these civil matters unresolved. So he was kind of stuck in, on the team, but the team was already, you know, it was kind of alleged. So like They kind of leaked some of this information. So uh, they was kind of at an impasse where he was on the team, he was getting paid big dollars, but he was not the actual quarterback and he wasn't playing because by leaking this information, the team couldn't just go put him back out there on the field again because then it was going to in, in, in turn have some type of uh, repercussions from the NFL because it was still breaking their personal conduct policy. A year later, uh, he didn't play with the uh with the Texans for a full year, but he was on the team, just going to practice, getting paid. Uh, they they managed to trade him away to the Cleveland Browns, who end up paying the most, giving him the biggest contract in NFL history for the most guaranteed money, $230 million guaranteed. But when he got this contract, it was still unresolved on what the NFL was going to do about him breaking the personal conduct policy. Well, uh, the NFL, you know, has been going through some changes. Uh, they they have been unfairly, or players felt like they was unfairly uh, punished by the NFL commissioner. So this year they threw a third-party arbiter up in between, and then it's a retired judge, uh, Sue L. Robinson, was the one presiding or uh, reviewing this case and the evidence and everything was going to give her initial uh assessment of the evidence and 
you know, what she would suggest should be a punishment. So by this being a woman too, you know, thrown into the mix, it was kind of like this was going to be the first one of these cases. Unfortunately, it's, you know, for her first case, now it's got these allegations and on it with 23 women alleging sexual misconduct. It's kind of, I, I kind of feel for her on, on the judgment, but she stayed uh, unbiased, you know, as you would expect a retired uh, federal judge to be, you know, just look at the evidence and stay, keep themselves kind of removed for it. She described Watson's conduct as uh, predatory and egregious and said Watson had, had not expressed uh, remorse, but held back on suspending him for a full year because there was no there was no basis in the NFL policy for a penalty that's still for non-violent conduct. You know what I mean? And what is she saying about this? Uh, okay, so if you look back at past suspensions in the NFL history for crimes of this nature, and when I say crimes of this nature with sexual misconduct, you got to go look at uh, when other players were alleged of sexual misconduct or downright rape and things like this. I mean, these was allegations and stuff that players have had to face, some true, some not. Uh, but uh, you had uh, Big Ben, you know, he had originally six weeks that inch eventually got cut down to four for his allegations uh, of what happened on some golf trips, what happened on a club night out. Uh, go read up on that info. Uh, so, and then you had uh, Zeke Elliott, man, like he had got six uh, games for multiple domestic abuse cases with his ex-girlfriend. So that was the kind of the, the, the six game suspension. You see in this, it was six cut to four and then Zeke did a full six. And then you, of course you got the most famous one, Ray Rice, who had to do a six game suspension. Well, originally it was a two game suspension. And then the video came out that he had like decked his wife uh, in the elevator, and then that got pushed up to like a six-game suspension. But then he eventually just, you know, was indefinite out of the NFL. And then, now if you go back and you compare this type of punishment to what I think, if we go back and like really, really, really look at some of these cases, I think Michael Vickman got the most time away from the game for messing with dogs. He had 23 months suspension basically you know what i mean it, they suspended him indefinitely he did his time in jail 21 months and then uh they reinstated him two months after that which will total come out to like 23 months so he spent 23 months away for something with dogs when we have something with women or anything else like uh, our human other human beings on here we get two four six games i mean and then when you got other situations that don't even must involve like humans when you got things going on like like Calvin Ridley getting a year suspension uh for betting fifteen hundred dollars allegedly. I, I it's obviously it's probably something more than this. They ain't letting us know, but fifteen hundred dollars is the evidence that we got that he bet on the game when he was away from the team and away from the game. But he did bet on his team and they said that that was uh going into the integrity of the game and stuff like this. But Tom Brady, on the other hand, got four games suspension for his when his was integrity of the game with the whole deflating the gates and everything. So it's it's the NFL is in 
I mean, socially, like when you be looking at these things, like they they talk about the social injustice, they have all this stop racism and all these things. But then when you look at even the punishments within the NFL, it's still like, man, whoever the bigger draw, the bigger name, they be iffy with these punishments. They really need to get a handle on this. Maybe Sue is the right answer on this because she at least looked back at what was past judgment, uh, past judgments and, you know, kind of set a precedent for this type of punishment by looking back at those where I think like if this was still Goodell and all them, I think he would have got a full year or, or if not more. So, so I, I think as far as the first, uh, outside arbitrator in, in this thing, I think it was a good way to, set the presidents for how they're going to look at these cases. They're going to look at past presidents and stuff like this and kind of make a, so we can at least get some stability in these punishments. And they're just not some uh, egregiously excessive uh, number that's just thrown out there. And then they had to go through an appeal process to the same person who gave them up the judgment anyway, to get the sentence reduced or the suspension reduced. And, you know, they can continue on with their livelihood. Because, like, a lot of times, some of these things, they be taking place before any judgment came uh, across on through the judgment system, and they make their own assumptions. Of course, they say we'll have all this data and stuff like this, but it's it's been extremely biased. So, I think it's going in the right direction. I think it's good that we're going to know we're going to have some basis on all this. But uh, now, now, let's talk about how it looks in the eye of public opinion, because public opinion has kind of just labeled Deshaun as this uh creep this monster and everything which man I, don't get me wrong i think like the stuff that he's alleged to do and he you know haven't really been proven that he did not do these things man it's very creepish you know it's very like uh he has this little fetish or whatever it is that he had on there so they need to get a handle on all that little situation i think he does need to be you know pull it back before he get himself into an incident where something does go totally wrong and it does go a step further than some of these other cases that we named and now we're talking about instead of sexual misconduct it's flat out rape or anything like this things so uh man hopefully he he learns from this and, and kind of moves forward but uh like i said public opinion of this is just like it is what it is they didn't already crucified them they're uh they're gonna crucify the 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 Browns uh organization as well for giving them so much money if you they're gonna lose fans people are gonna talk about this when it was too political and all this nonsense again man but uh these are situations that we're gonna have to kind of kind of deal with and I hope that the public you know keeps their same ire when it comes time for some of these other people who at the time when media social media wasn't around as or wasn't as prevalent and. Some of these other players then got off on allegations that could have landed them in prison time for a lot more. Uh, but, you know, they settled their cases and they got their judgment of six six games and things like this. But when it comes up time for them to be mentioned with Hall of Fame candidates and stuff like this, I want to see the same type of uproar. Don't don't let it fall back. You know what I mean? Don't 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 get fickle about it uh, then. So make sure we keep the same type of bias and protection of our for our women that's what we're trying to say so a certain certain players that should be coming up hmm, let's say in a five-year time frame who the had allegations come on them uh let's 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 stay the course on this 
but yeah, man, that's Deshaun Watson. Uh, he ended up getting six games. He can still got a chance to appeal. This all happened today. So who knows what comes out of that and how this goes forward. Uh, but uh, I can tell you right now, just looking at it purely back on the sports side and everything, I have peeped out uh, who they got to play out after this season or after his six-week suspension would be over with. And the teams uh, first on this list is the Baltimore Ravens. And you got Lamar Jackson coming uh, from, you know, who's in the contract year trying to get that big money, trying to get the money that uh, Deshaun Watson got. So Deshaun Watson has been a year removed from big-time play, NFL actual play on the field. So, I mean, almost two years now at this point. I think he's going to have a tough game coming back uh, trying to top Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think – you know, looking at the the full schedule out there, I think it's going to be hard for him to find some wins. Let's let's take a look at all this. Ravens would be his first game back, uh, and I, that's going to be a tough one to come back. He got the Super Bowl uh, Bengals up next. I mean, and they did not lose any talent. They only gained more protection for Joe Burrow, so I see them continue being a problem. Uh, you got the uh, Dolphins after that who – we know have picked up Tyreek Hill, where he kind of reset the market even after uh, Devontae Adams was picked up by the Raiders. So they got a plethora of receivers. They already have Waddle and everything. And, uh, I mean, it's going to be dependent all on uh, Tua's quarterback play. But, man, with those type of weapons, man, I think anybody can kind of get back there. So that's not going to be a give me to me. Uh, I think that's going to be a tough one. Then he got one of the AFC favorites uh, to come out of it. You know, they also had uh, a nice little talent shift and been making a big push to make a bigger run into it, the Buffalo Bills. You got Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, uh, coming uh, to town, and they're going to try to stop him. I mean, you know, they added uh, Julio after they lost Antonio Brown, and, you know, they brought back Basically, that whole team. I know Tom Brady. Them is older, but I mean they they they're talented and they're smart football players for the age. So that's still going to be a tough one. Uh, you got the Houston Texans. You know he's definitely going to be on point for that. I definitely see him just winning that one flat out. Just go out there prove a point. Then he had come back and he got to fight to uh, uh, take on the Bengals again. And this is, once again, I just don't think, like, uh, with the Browns losing majority of their receiver talent, yeah, they got Amari Cooper and everything over here now, but uh, that's a big drop-off from, like, uh, losing ODB and uh, Jarvis Landry. So, yeah, I I, I don't – that's going to be a tough one. I I still see him, like, losing both of those. Then you got to come back up against – Lamar, once again, the Ravens. And Lamar, I think he's going to try to make these a statement games to kind of, you know, boost his price. When he see the guy that is making the most most the most the money in that position, and that's where he wants to be, I just think he's really, really going to show off for those games. Uh, and then you got him going down playing. Uh, you got the Saints. Uh, so I don't know about that one. I can kind of see him kind of winning that one. Um then you got the Commanders. Depending on how their defense is playing, they can have a really, really stout uh, defensive line again, and that's going to make trouble for them. So we can see how that could turn out, but I could definitely see them winning that one. And then the Steelers. Uh, Steelers uh, at their quarterback play is still kind of iffy, and uh, the, the Browns was on the verge of beating them. 
consistently, but I mean, you got Mike Tomlin who still, <laughs> despite it all, and it looked like it was going to go wrong for him, uh, have yet to have a losing season. He's a real good coach, and I just think like he can have that team prepared for anything. So who knows how that one's going to turn up. But basically, all I see is probably about four wins uh, in that in that first year for him, and that's if he's coming back at the peak that we seen him back a couple years ago, which I doubt that he's initially going to start on that. He may get into that rhythm later on in the uh, season, but it's going to take him a while to get a little bit of connection and learn that, man. I, I just feel like no matter what's going on this year, it's going to kind of be a wash for the Browns, and, uh, you know, four wins is kind of what I'm predicting. Uh, he may come out and show a flash here and there, but I still think they're going to need to get more and more talent on the Browns for them to compete with the teams that was listed right here uh, as we ran down it. And, uh, you know, with Lamar going into his uh, contract year and trying to make that money uh, like a Deshaun Watson and make sure he get those guaranteed money, uh, I, I just feel like it's going to be it's going to be a tough one. But we'll see how that all to play out. These are just my opinions. Yeah, it still has to get played on the field. And who knows, he can come back with, uh, you know, locked in, ready to go, ready to prove the, uh, or make the, make the world love him again by just purely winning. Who knows? I'm just glad we have some resolution to the situation. Like I said, they may go back for appeal and everything, but I think the sixth year is going to be the max. Uh, it may end up going down to four or less before it's all said and done. We'll continue following up on this as it goes along. We had one more big news that came out of this uh, last week or uh, actually today, uh, and that was Debo Samuel when he got his bag on this. And, you know, uh, if you know who Debo Samuel is, he's a wide receiver that was kind of used throughout across all positions over there at San Francisco. They used him as a running back. They used him as a uh, – wide receiver, they used a kick returner. They were just trying to get the ball in his hand and watch him do damage. But as you watch somebody do damage and he's playing these positions, especially like running back, they have shorter careers. And with him being a rookie on his rookie contract, he wasn't due to make a lot of money uh, this coming up year. So he kind of held out uh, for more money and it looked like it was kind of setting an unprecedented thing, but then, you know, with things like Kyler Murray and all these uh, quarterbacks now getting paid a year early, it's kind of setting new ground for all this little stuff. And I think Debo was right to kind of hold out, but now he has some guarantees in this contract and looking uh, a little bit better for him. He got $73.5 million over three years with uh, – $58.1 million of that fully guaranteed. So if he goes out there, he get injured, he's covered a little bit. You know, if he has a shortened career, you know, he's 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 well paid on that. Hopefully it don't shorten up his career. Hopefully they they by paying him this more this much more money, they find him that more valuable and they kind of take him off those uh kick returns and quit making him as like <sighs> I mean, you still want to use them as a weapon, but let's not put them in too many dangerous situations because, I mean, that's the money of the team right there. You're still going to have to pay him regardless, so you don't want to go out there and just lose money just to lose money. It's how we can do at Vegas, you know what I mean? You got money sitting in your bank account, but do you bet it all? Hell no. So uh, that's kind of how I kind of see this. So I'm glad that Debo got his bag, man, and uh, 
this this wide receiver market that just went crazy, man. Uh, this is right after DK got his for roughly around about the same thing, seventy three million. So I'm I'm excited to see what Justin Jefferson and uh, what uh, Jamar Chase and all them gonna end up getting as the next up and coming receivers uh, looking to get paid out of that. It for sports. Uh, I mean, besides you know this Thursday. Uh, start kicking off the NFL season with the preseason games, the Raiders versus the uh, the Jaguars. They'll be playing Thursday in a Hall of Fame game where Cliff Branch, Richard Seymour, and the likes are going to get uh, enshrined into the Hall of Fame. So football season officially, cash unofficially kind of get kicked off. It is still preseason. We get hyped, but it's just preseason play, so I don't know how that's going to get turn out. You know, probably want to watch for about the first five minutes and realize, like, nope. It's uh, basically uh, the XFL, USFL, that's type of play that we're getting. It's not the high-quality NFL that we used to get. But So with all that said, let's go ahead and move on over to music. I uh, only got one album for y'all this week, but I think it was a great album, man. We had Domo Genesis with intros, outros, and interludes. Uh, if y'all don't know who Domo Genesis is, he's one of the gems of the collective of Odd Future uh, the ones that come out of there are like uh, Tyler, the creator, Cassie Veggies, Arrow Squirt Shirt, and then you got Domo. Uh, um, so uh, out of that group, man, they had some really, they had some great talent sitting up there. I mean, you got Tyler sitting on there, you know, bumping up for album of the year. And then you got Earl Sweatshirt and Domo Genesis who have their fan bases, but it's a little bit more, uh, they don't put out all the mainstream stuff that Tyler's kind of do it. They don't go too artistically in that lane, man. They're spitters, man. So you, what you're going to get is like a bunch of, uh, great bars, bars only over like mellow type beats, no hooks really. And then that's what we came to enjoy on this one. And, uh, this one was completely produced by evidence, uh, who he had teamed up with prior and they had made some great music for us. 11 songs. It's about 26 minutes. Uh, man, if you're a fan of people like uh, Mick Jenkins, Joey Badass, Malls Monday, Russ Currency, Smoke Dizza, uh, Earl Sweatshirt, then this is going to be your type of music, man. It's those like mellow, lo-fi type beats and uh, with a guy who can, you know, showcasing his skills and, you know, can maintain that, that vibe all the way through. Uh, the standout tracks for me were uh, Don't Believe, Have, Skeletons featuring Navy Blue, Trust the Process, Running, Running. You had Victories and Losses featuring Evidence. You had Going Rate where at the end of that is kind of how uh, they had like a little mile uh, speaking at the end of it where it kind of just mentions the intros, outros, and interludes and how how that kind of plays into it. So it was just basically just tell him how to set up an album. But, I mean, who he he's not that. Uh, he said he did it for the love uh, at the end. In, in the last song on the album, Tallulah, uh, he said, I did it for the love, but ain't ain't no love in it. It's strictly business. So you kind of get how he kind of feels on this thing. So, uh, uh, December Coming featuring Bodie James was a big, big standout track for me, man. Uh Bodie James being featured on his features, man. I think like he's been killing as of late. Uh, these type of beats, man, just floats verse uh, perfectly with his little tone. 
I know previous albums with Bodie James, I kind of said like I didn't feel everything, but it seems like the ones that he goes on to be featured on, he really uh, stands out and, you know, adds to that track. So uh, December coming, I have had on like kind of repeat. This whole album has been on constant repeat for me the, the whole the whole weekend, uh, I can kind of feel like it. Y'all know if you've been following me, how I feel about Malls Monday and Superheroes Don't Exist, how that came out. And I just been loving that vibe. This falls into that same little zone and I can feel like this is going to continue to grow more and more on me. Uh, uh, as for those just lo-fi chill type albums that I can listen to in any setting, this is going to get me mellowed out and, you know, calm and collected. This is, this is my at peace album. Uh, so, a uh, lot, a lot of great vibes on here. Uh, evidence killed it on production wise. Uh, but if you're not into these lo-fi and like I said, very mellow type raps, but, uh, just, you want more of the hooks, you want more of the, the upbeat This This ain't where you're going to find it. This is not the album I would, I would point you in the direction of, uh, this ain't going to give you no club vibes at all or anything like that. So. Uh, you got to know what you're getting with these, but uh, I mean, for current mood, current study, current reading type music in the background, concept like work music or, or where you can get still be productive and absorb things, man, these these type of albums are perfect. So uh, loving this Domo Genesis intros, outros, and interludes. Uh, definitely probably going to hear it again for me as we go through uh, 2022 and come back to these best albums best eps of the year so yeah uh y'all take a listen tell me what y'all think do you feel the same way uh do can you compartmentalize your genres can you just have them and listen to them here and there or do you have to have that straight like uh hype music for the gym all the time or the the, the constant like ride music only like or do you have that street vibe like all those like I like to mix mine up and I come with these things so I can appreciate each and every last one of these uh sub within rap that we kind of create and this little lo-fi zone I feel like this is one of the better albums of the year for me on that so uh with that said that takes us to the end of our episode I'll be back with Cash next week. Hopefully, we have a little bit more albums to digest and break down uh, this coming up week. Or we have some new, uh, well, we got NFL season to start. So, we'll have something to talk about at least, you know. But if any cultural things happen in between that, we'll be there to talk about that uh, too. But until then, out.